Welcome to Grain IQ. I'm Chad Moyer. Grain marketing is a critical piece in keeping your operation profitable. This is the final episode in Season 1, so if you haven't listened to the first eight episodes, we invite you to start there. Now today we're going to learn about resources you can use to develop your marketing plan. Whether you decide to use the futures market to base your decisions or you use supply and demand estimates, export numbers and so on, there are countless resources available to develop a marketing plan built for you and your operation. Jeff Peterson joins us for today's conversation. He is the president of Heartland Farm Partners in Lincoln, and he is also an assistant professor of practice in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We talked about this concept of developing a marketing plan, and we know the different elements of our marketing plan now, but the resources, the background, the institutional knowledge, the help in developing that, uh, you, you can't overlook that in your day-to-day, week-to-week, or season-to-season development of a marketing plan, right? No, you really can't. I mean, that's the knowledge and the training and everything that you physically need to have. And the whole key I'd say to that is that you ultimately get to a point where you're saying, am I comfortable doing this myself? Do I need to pick up some additional resources? If so, where should I go? Or do I need to work with somebody to help me make some of these decisions? And there's kind of a formula that you follow, and it, it seems uh, it seems pretty legit, right? You you gather when you're going to make a decision, when you're going to make a marketing plan. You gather information, you analyze it, you develop an opinion, and it gets to a point where you take an action item. Can you break that formula apart? Why are those different elements so important in that formula? Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing is that it gets back to just kind of uh, making basic decisions and what we like times think about is that marketing is different, but it, it's not too much different, but we always have to determine uh, as an individual, if we're going to make those decisions, we got to determine really what our goal is. And and as we dig into that, and we talk about gathering that info, you know, there's information all over. We've never had more information available than we do today. Combination of social media, combination of different websites. So you gather all that different pieces of information in chat and, and you get that info. And what you have to look for out there is you have to decide, do you want to be the one who goes out and gathers it? Or do you want to go out there and try to find different places that bring that information together for you? Just the information, not doing the analysis. But then from there, you have to physically go in and say, okay, I have the info. Not opinions, I have info, the raw data. Now I've got to go ahead and put those in perspective, put them in context, actually do the analysis on it. And that's where you may find that maybe a person doesn't have the skill level, maybe they don't have the knowledge to do that. And then from there, what we're saying is we're saying, okay, based on what the market's expecting, based on what the information is, based on what, as we look ahead, is going to happen with all that info and the analysis, then we come up with that market opinion, that decision. Do we think that market is physically going higher? Do we think that market's going to go lower? Is it going to go steady? And what do we think the chances of each of those are? And then at that point, we've done the analysis of the market. Then we have to say, okay, but now based on that, um, what actions do I need to take? What percent sold should I be? Do I need to physically come back in and reown bushels? But then, honestly, the next one is where the rubber meets the road, Chad. Mm-hmm. And that's where then, once we've got all that put together, then we have to be comfortable executing. And when we execute, we have to know 
how are we going to execute? For instance, are we going to use the futures market? Are we physically going to use the cash market? And if we are using the cash market, which particular contracts are we going to use based on what our analysis was? If we're going to use the futures market, are we using straight futures or are we using combinations of futures with option combinations with it? All right, so let's break it down a little bit more. Let's go, let's uh, talk about some of these resources that are available. Jeff, where can producers go to get information about the futures market? Since that is such, that seems like what a lot of this is based off of. Where, where are those sources? Yeah, the, the futures market and what's getting to, to be very common is that that information's, you know, never been easier to physically get. Uh, you can go directly to the CME to their website and physically get the futures price data. You can go to your local grain buyer that's posting their cash bids, and what a lot of them do a nice job of is they show their futures price, they then show their basis, then they show their cash price. You can get it right there. Or you can physically probably go to a lot of your grain buyers, and they'll probably even text you out that information or text you a link in which you can see that information. But that's just getting, let's not confuse this, that's just getting the raw futures prices. I've noticed, too, that if you go to a website, it'll say on there, delayed futures. Maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's 15 minutes removed from the actual trade. So do you think producers need to have tick-for-tick real-time futures, or can they get by with a, a delayed futures quote? I would say most individuals honestly can get by with just looking at a delayed futures quote. You know, we're not physically trading here and trying to get the timing exactly perfect. If you're working off the delay, there's going to be sometimes that's going to be to your benefit. If the market would have physically went a little higher before you sold, um, and it, it, other times it may hurt you. But overall, I think working off the delay is fine. Because we, let's understand, if you're going to go for a tick-for-tick, tick, a real-time futures, that's probably going to require a subscription, and that's a cost outlay, right? Yeah, usually, exactly. There is. A, and the cost isn't terrible, so a producer could get that through any a number of different companies that provide you know the real-time quotes. So that's out there and available. You might also check some of your grain buyers. Some of the grain buyers may actually be operating on their sites. What they post is physically real-time time. Not all of them do by no means, but, but you can read actually on the wherever you're seeing your cash prices and see, you know, at what interval the updating is happening on the futures price. What about the other elements of our marketing plan? Where do we get information about basis? Where do we get information about cash price? Where do we get information about supply and demand and things like that? Yeah, you've asked a lot of great questions there, Chad. So let's just kind of break that apart into pieces. The best place to go to get that information on the basis or ultimately then the cash price, because we know that cash price is futures plus basis, just go to your individual grain buyers and usually you can access either their website directly you could get it from an app that they have. Most of those are public information that you don't have to physically sign up to get. Some of them will even send you periodic text or they'll send you periodic emails with that information. All right. And then uh, like supply and demand data, that's uh, that's uh, out there. The, the government puts that out. That's available to anybody, right? Yeah, there really is. There's a tremendous amount of that data. And that's where you have to make a decision in that. You have to decide, do you want to physically go find that data? So a good example, USDA 
has a tremendous amount of information. Any time a webs, any time basically on their website that WASD report, the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates that monthly report comes out. You can physically go directly to their site and physically get it. Um, NAS, the National Ag Statistics Service, you know they're the ones who put out information about quarterly stocks and they're physically putting out the the weekly crop progress reports and they're also doing the surveys on on ultimately the prospective planting and planted acres. And in addition, USDA's got a division that reports the the weekly grain sales. So you mm-hmm. can go out there and get every Thursday there's there's sales information about what there was sold on export wise for the past week. You can get that. There's also a daily reporting system available by USDA that tells you what's sold every day. And and then ultimately on Mondays they also put out the 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 export inspections that's telling you the information that's out there for these shipments so they do that and then as you move over into the ethanol side of the business the EIA or the Energy Information Administration they post on every Wednesday they're putting out information about you know what there's been for ethanol production so you can track along with that so that's just kind of a a summary of some of the sites where you can physically go to and and pick up some of this general information Chad Gathering and analyzing that data can seem daunting. What do those numbers mean? How do you apply those figures to your operation? Jeff says there are different players in grain marketing who provide resources to answer those questions. There are brokers involved in futures trading. There are analysts who compile the information and create opinions. There are market advisors who advise on how you should market grain. And then there are grain buyers. Jeff says it is important to understand these players and more when you're looking for resources to develop your marketing plan. All of them are providing you usually with good information, right? But you do have to be aware of what exactly they are providing you. And you have to really look at and say, well, why are they providing that to me? You know, and make sure you really understand that. Just make sure there's no conflicts of interest, Chad. Okay, so just so we know, what what's the broker's job? How are they coming at this? Yeah, so for the broker side, the thing is, is that I, I, there's a lot of great brokers out there, right, that are going to provide very good information. But at the end of the day, what we have to think about is that they are not going to get paid unless there's physically trades generated. So when they bring that information forward, it may be brought forward with the idea that they're going to physically have you take some type of position where they physically want you to protect some bushels. And that might be the exact right thing to do, but just understand how they're getting compensated. Well, what about the uh, analyst, the guy who looks at the data and creates an opinion? Yeah, the thing about that is that, you know, that type of service, um, they may be doing the analysis of that. Uh, You may be thinking that you're getting just straight information, but here's where you got to be very discerning. And we see this in all sectors. Just realize you may just be getting their opinion of that. Now, normally, there are services out there that will give that information free. But normally, once you start getting into the analysis, analysis side, usually there's going to be some type of cost. So there's probably going to be some type of monthly or yearly fee associated with that professional opinion that's given of that information. 
What about a market advisor, somebody who says, I think you should use a hedge to arrive in this situation, or I think you should set basis and leave futures open in that situation? How are they coming at providing resources? You know, in that situation, and if they've separated themselves from really the brokerage side, uh, there are market analysts that are and market advisors that are also brokers too, but maybe what they're doing is they're charging you an acre fee or a bushel fee, and what they're doing is that they may not be doing any of the analysis, and that's where you have to dig into that and discern that. They may actually be working off of the fact that, oh, seasonally you should just do this, meaning according to certain patterns that happen every year, you should make these sales. And what they're doing then is they're coming forward and then ultimately giving you the advice of, okay, what actions should you take? We should get a certain amount sold, ultimately what type of cash contracts, or they could be using futures contracts. But normally you're going to pay some type of, of fee to get to get those recommendations. Okay, and then the last one I, that I mentioned, uh, we don't want to forget about the local grain buyer, and that could be at your local elevator, that could be at your local end user as well. How are they coming at providing, at being a resource and providing information? Yeah, they've got a lot of great information at their disposal and, and ultimately bringing it out. The thing you have to discern there is that ultimately when they're bringing that to you, is it to just help you make a better decision, or is it to physically encourage you to physically sell bushels? Because we have to understand that as the grain buyer, they're in the business of getting those bushels bought. So we just have to be very discerning in, in each of those different areas. And I want to make sure that as we talk about these individuals, uh, we're not saying anything bad about these individuals, right? We're not cutting them down. But we do understand that they have different purposes. And if we understand that, that's going to help us make a good decision. That's exactly right. Each of those is, is very important in the whole process. And each of those, the information they provide is very valued. We just want everybody to understand exactly how they fit into the whole picture. Now, you've mentioned it a couple of times. Um, are any of the things that we've talked about, uh, getting resources, uh, you know, utilizing advice or things like that, are those things that we should expect to pay for, Jeff? Yeah, there, most of those services there are going to you know, be some type of compensation involved in it. Um, there are some services out there that do assemble all that information for free and distribute it that way. Uh, what they probably also do, a company like that, though, may also have other services that they physically do uh, receive compensation for, but they may not ask you. They may actually use that as a way just to help you uh, learn a little bit more about them by sharing that information. So we know this information is out there, Jeff, and, and we understand some of it is going to cost us. As a general rule, do you think that is a good investment? Should we be looking for e either, you know, either fee-based or free information to help with our marketing plan? Well, the thing I would say is that where it all starts is you get back to that whole model that we talked about in the beginning, where we talked about the gathering of info, the doing the analysis, uh, coming up with the recommendation, uh, and the opinion about the market, and then the executing. It all really depends on what part of that 
is you put your marketing plan together you want to take part in. So if you're someone who loves to do the analysis and you're skilled to do that, depending on what your time availability is, you know, maybe you're going to go out there and gather all the information yourself. But but maybe, honestly, you determine for yourself that ultimately the best thing is for someone to serve up recommendations for you, then you may physically have to go ahead and pay a cost to that. Some people look at that and say, well, I should be able to do it all myself. And I agree. Most people can do it all themselves. It's just a matter of whether or not they've got the time and the training and the expertise built off that training to be able to make all those decisions. Okay, so if we decide that it is, yes, that is something we want to pursue is that information, where do we go about finding it? Yeah, that information, then you're going to have to go out there and go through the tasks, just like what we talked about a little bit ago. You're going to have to go out there and search up, out all the different pieces of information and ultimately where the source of that is. And, and for a lot of that, we're really saying that a lot of it does come ultimately from USDA. What if we uh, uh, think that that is not our talent? What if we want to try and find it summarized? How do we go about getting that information? Yeah, then what I'd recommend actually doing is reaching out to some of your friends and neighbors that are physically already getting information from trusted sources. Reach out to some of your extension people and say, you know, do you have anything that you're providing from your local universities? Also reach out to maybe any of your crop insurance or bankers and say, if you guys don't have anything that you're providing, um, are there others that you follow that you respect? So I would say reach out to the, the peers around you and see where they're getting some of that information already. So we've hit on a lot of different things here. Again, uh, finding resources, trusted places to get information that will help you make decisions. If there are still some questions out there, uh, if folks want to research into this more, do you have a good place? What's, what's a good place to find more information on grain marketing? Yeah, one of the, the places I, I would go to extension, your local extensions, whether it's the University of Nebraska, they've got some good content. University of Minnesota also has some good information. Um, University of Illinois, um, through their far, farm doc site, they've got some good information out there that's available. You also, if you just want to learn more about the futures market, you can go to the CME directly, go to their website, and they have some very good training materials that they have on there. I was going to say, there's some pretty good tutorials on there, aren't there? You can actually, it actually gives you examples. It'll run you through a few scenarios so you can get a feel of what it's like uh, trading some of those futures, huh? Yes, you sure can. And, and ultimately, the nice part about it at the CME, you can use some of their simulators. So mm. if you're trying to practice and, and you've got certain, maybe it's fundamental or technical things you're watching and you want to see how you actually do with it, you can go ahead and set up some different trading simulations to be able to try out out what your what your pattern or what your triggers are and, and see how it works. Great discussion, Jeff, and and kind of coming circling back to where we started, this idea of having resources at your disposal. It could be a full shelf, it could be a full bookcase, 
it could be two or three books, but in, you have to decide individually um, how deep you want those resources to go and what's most important to you, right? You bet. That's exactly. Just like everything else, you we didn't learn how to be great producers of a crop. We had mentors. Mm-hmm. We had teachers along the way. And that's the thing that we're trying to do here in, in preparing people to even do a better job on the marketing side. Jeff, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for sitting down with us. Appreciate it. You bet. Always enjoy it. That again was Jeff Peterson with Heartland Farm Partners in Lincoln. He is also an assistant professor of practice in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. That'll do it for the final episode of Season 1 of Grain IQ. You can catch all of the other episodes wherever you're listening to this one. Again, thanks for listening. This is Grain IQ. I'm Chad Moyer. Grain IQ is a production of the Nebraska Rural Radio Association with support from the Nebraska Soybean Board. It is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Grain IQ is hosted by Chad Moyer and produced by Rebel Saklocha. It is written and edited by Alex Wojcicki. Our project manager is Bryce Duskett. You can listen to Grain IQ on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or online at ruralradionetwork.com.